This is Set Aside Some Time, an MSPN podcast, and it's brought to you by the National MSP Network, or MSPN for short. And now, on to the episode. Thank you for setting aside some time with us today. I'm Amber Warman, your host for today's podcast, uh, which is the MSP Network's In 2021, a year in review. Uh, Joining us today are Dan Anders, Chief Compliance Officer of Tower MSA, and uh, the distinguished 2021 president of the MSP Network, and also John Kane, Vice President of Strategy at Amitros. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, We're going to go ahead and start today with Mr. Kane. Um, I know he can only join us here for a few moments today, and We'd like to have him talk a little bit about the big news of MSPN's membership in the mark. So John. Hi, this is John Kane and I am your treasurer for MSPN. And I'm here today to talk about the MARC Coalition, uh, our membership, as well as our partnership. Now, I think as many of you know, we have a bazillion acronyms in the industry, right? So what is MARC? MARC is uh, Medicare Advocacy Recovery Coalition. And you might have heard of MARC through the uh, the SMART Act. Uh, They've been very engaged in the industry over the years. And last year, I had Susan Murdoch reach out to me and ask if we wanted to be a a member of MARC. So from there, you know, we had some further discussions, you know, with Dan Anders, our president. Uh, we also uh, invited David Farber to speak on the, the MARC Coalition and the alignment that we had in terms of uh, the initiatives with MSPN. I think it was really good timing. And the reasoning for that is, you know, we had just gone through rebranding ourselves. We were at NAMSAP and then moved to Uh, MSPN. And really, moving to MSPN, that opened up the doors. Formerly, you know, we focused on just MSAs. And then it expanded to, you know, Section 111 reporting and and conditional payments. And I think that was, you know, a great, you know, uh, benefit to not only, you know, our members, but also our corporate members, too. Um, You know, from a self-insured and insurance perspective, you know, it's the three areas of, of Medicare compliance that we're really concerned about. So opening up the doors, I think, has opened up some additional opportunities for, for members. And when we had the discussions, you know, with David, when we talked about the alignment, some of these initiatives, we have the PAID Act, which is being implemented. Um, we have the private cause of action trying to repeal uh, the PCA, as we know, um, you know, some of the med advantage plans, you know, have been out there, um, you know, with double damages as well as private cause of action. Uh, so addressing, addressing those issues as well as uh, reporting of policy limits. So there's, there's several commonalities that we can work together in terms of MSPN as well as MARC Coalition we have, you know, committees, you know, that are, are similar and, you know, joining forces will just have that greater knowledge uh, and greater ability to uh, have Medicare reform efforts. We want to be, you know, reasonable, 
you know, with our approach and, you know, have good communications, you know, with CMS. So um, we were on our second year being a member and, you know, we're looking to hopefully get a seat at the table, you know, with Mark so we have uh, greater influence. And I just want to take the opportunity to, you know, thank our members, thank our corporate sponsors, and also a special thanks to Dan Anders, our president, you know, for all the hard work uh, and leadership that he's provided over the past year. So thank you very much, Dan. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for joining us today, John. We know you have some other engagements, but we really appreciate um, your perspective and, and thanks for all of your hard work over the last year as well. Um, so thanks for joining us today, John. All righty. Thank you. Take care. So Dan, um, this is kind of your, your presidential swan song, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> accomplished a lot over the last year. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the highlights over the year. Uh, certainly. Uh, thanks, Amber. And uh, you know, I, I look back in preparation for our, our discussion today at the uh, objectives I had laid out at the beginning of this year, um, and, and I didn't have anything you know monumental because it really wasn't needed. Um, on the lead up to my becoming president, we really have, have grown as an organization. We've stabilized in terms of you know our finances and our, our leadership, which has been uh, just really fantastic. Um, and um, in terms of, you know, when I I'll go through some of this, but, you know, frankly, things I'm going to be bringing up are things that, you know, many, many people have, have worked on, uh, and it wasn't just me uh, doing these things, but, um, you know, and looking at uh, kind of broken down into, you know, objectives I had were along lines of communication, you know, our policy and kind of legislative and looking at things, you know, with our partnership with CMS membership, our annual conference, and, you know, starting with, with communication and, and, you know, John had brought this up with, um, with the, the changeover from NAMSAP to MSP and, and really our expanded uh, focus and mission as an organization, which had already been occurring even before the rebranding, but, uh, just getting that out more. And I think more and more people have become comfortable with the name, you know, myself, I, I still do some slip ups with the name SAB over MSPN, but, you know, that's become much more comfortable going forward. Um, and, you know, the course of this year, I wanted to uh, really make sure that the membership knew of uh, the benefits uh, to them and not only education advocacy, which I'll talk to uh, to that in a moment, but, you know, just more of the basic things with discounts on ODG subscriptions and red book subscriptions, uh, the availability of, uh, availability, excuse me, of an MSCC uh, certification program uh, through MSPN. Uh, and, you know, the, the largest communication initiative, I would say this year is these podcasts themselves. Um, this has been, you know, significant work has gone into this. Uh, Amber, you've been part of this. Uh, Jen Schmansky has been involved in this as well as others. Uh, and really getting this um, going, I think we're up to about, what, a dozen podcasts uh, now on just uh, a wide range of topics. Uh, Amber, I just listened to, to your uh, podcast on um, the, uh, the MSP uh, wish list items. I was listening to Steve Miller and... Uh, um, 
Julie Garrison on uh, the opioid and MSA podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. And there's, you know, go to our website, um, you know, subscribe to those podcasts because they're just phenomenal way of getting, you know, a 20, 25 minute information uh, in different points that that you can get uh, in a short time uh, and really hit some key points. Uh, you know, if you don't want to do an hour long webinar, or, you know, some all afternoon type of, of training presentation like that. So, you know, that in combination with our ongoing uh, webinars um, and our annual conference has really expanded us into uh, just a wide range uh, and multiple levels of being able to provide education uh, for our membership and beyond. You know, the webcasts uh, are open to anyone. We do on some have members only uh, sections, but you know, the, the bulk of those are open to the public, so to speak, and they can get a taste of uh, the information that can be provided through the organization. Um, and uh, beyond the podcast, uh, a staple of our organization for the past few years has been our monthly uh, webinars. Uh, and those webinars, you know, just looking at what we've done over the past year with, uh, you know, ethics and MSAs and professional administration and CMS submissions and, you know, the whole question of submit, non-submit, conditional payments, the paid act, covering everything and anything involved in MSP uh, compliance. We've had great attendance for those webinars, especially kind of the first half uh, of the year. Uh, and all of those are available on demand um, as well. So if you uh, miss them earlier in the year, uh, you can go back and, and listen to those and get credit. Uh, if you need credit, uh, uh, CU credit to attend uh, those webinars. So um, at multiple levels, uh, being able to provide that, it, it was just, it's been so important. You know, for me, I know the organization uh, as we move move forward with uh, these education uh, initiatives. Um, you know, I think one area that um, uh, I think the organization uh, should concentrate on probably going forward is just, we have all of this great content um, here is, you know, just expanding and marketing, you know, more presence on social media to make sure that everybody's aware uh, of what we're doing. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to stand out and just the, uh, the, the, all the noise that's created within social media, but we have to make sure that uh, we're out there and uh, advising people of, of what we're doing when it comes to, uh, to communication. Um, you know, looking at um, you know, kind of turning over and looking at another objective I've had was just, uh, you know, along the lines of membership. You know, I mentioned uh, making sure people were uh, aware of the benefits, but also um, gaining new members. Uh, when I started with, you know, NAMSAP, as it was at the time, I think it might've been the, probably the first year or the second year, uh, that had been established, uh, in 05, uh, was established. And, you know, I started working on MSP compliance matters, Medicare set asides, uh, in 2003, you know, at that point, it's kind of, we're on your own. There was a few articles you might see that popped up, but, you know, as I tell folks, I learned this on the street <laughs> to, to do MSP compliance. So it was not so nice when, uh, I don't know how I learned about it, but, 
uh, it popped up somewhere that this NAMSAP had started and people were collaborating on, uh, on just educating each other, comparing notes, so to speak, on how they were handling MSP compliance matters. And uh, I think I might've gone, it wasn't the first one, maybe the second national or annual conference um, and have attended probably most of them uh, since then, uh, I just attended until they elected me president one year. So that's what happens <laughs> if you keep going to too many uh, conferences. Uh, but uh, our membership, uh, and, and thanks to the membership uh, committee, our membership has uh, exceeded 500. It's the uh, largest membership we've seen since uh, 2012, which is just, uh, it's so exciting. Uh, to have these many people uh, joining the organization uh, and wanting to be part of, of what we're doing. So uh, we've uh, looked this year, I wanted to kind of look at whether we wanted to change the membership benefits, um, uh, also our partner benefits and, and our partners. You have 48 corporate partners uh, at the end of this year, which um, yeah, and multiple levels of support for the organization. And uh, along with the individual members, the corporate partners are, are so important as well um, in terms of essentially financing what we do uh, as an organization. So uh, one of the things you reworked, uh, this will be available next year, is, um, and it only really matters at the time of our elections, but uh, voting benefits. Um, so uh, our, our corporate partners were limited to so many uh, voting uh, members um, in the past. And um, with a corporate partnership, um, you know, many companies are essentially covering their own employees who would otherwise have individual members. But because the voting members uh, were limited, uh, a lot of those individual members did not have voting rights. So we've expanded that for the coming year with, um, you know, the bronze partner at $500 goes from one to two, our silver at $1,000 goes from one to four, and gold at $2,500 from two to five, and platinum 5,000 from two to 20. So that's going to allow, you know, for example, you know, Tower MSA partners, uh, we have, uh, you know, more than um, two people who are involved in MSPN. So that's going to allow uh, our additional staff there uh, working with an MSPN and that are on committees to have voting rights as well uh, when it comes to uh, electing uh, board members uh, for the next year. Uh, when it comes to the individual members, uh, we've also uh, added a benefit there. We've provided a complimentary webinar uh, to every individual uh, member as well. Uh, so uh, I wanted to look at, at doing something along those lines, which I'm glad uh, the board uh, agreed to uh, going into next year. Um, it's not only a benefit, but also an encouragement uh, to our members. If they haven't done a webinar, this allows them to check one out and perhaps look at uh, attending these uh, on a go forward basis. Uh, also over the past year, um, and I uh, credit to our membership committee for uh, leading the charge on this was our first member appreciation week in July uh, with, uh, again, we had a complimentary webinar that week. Uh, we had uh, interviews with past presidents. Uh, we had a happy hour 
among other things that week to, to really um, show our appreciation for members who have been with us perhaps one year or from the beginning. Um, I, I think that you know, sometimes lost with an organization, they're always driving to get new members. <laughs> Don't forget about the members that have been with you for a long time. So we're certainly gonna be looking at that as an annual event uh, for our members. Um, so I'm gl so glad that that was uh, something we could start this year and something that we have on a go forward uh, basis. So communication, uh, membership, um, and uh, a, a third of a third area that I wanted to concentrate on the past past year is um, our, our ongoing partnership with CMS. Uh, and this is something that we've really fostered over the past few years uh, by the presidents, past presidents, as well as the executive committee, is relationship with CMS. And, you know, I date back to a time where you, it was might take a year to get a meeting with CMS. And even then there really wasn't much follow-up and, um, and communication uh, thereafter. Um, so we've been fortunate with uh, having Steve Forey uh, as the uh, head of the division of MSP program operations at CMS, who has really wanted to engage uh, us in the stakeholder community at uh, listening to us. And, and I also say, listen to them. You know, we can't just go in there and say, this is how everything should be. Um, understanding where they're coming from and, and why they do things. Well, we may not agree with that. Uh, at least we have an understanding of where we're coming from. And, you know, and as I say, with any kind of process or review process, uh, you're, you're gonna have some points of disagreement. It's just how that's, that's gonna happen. But being able to, have this communication with them. Um, and, you know, I look at, we've had three meetings with them over uh, the course of, of 21 uh, to talk about matters of concern. Uh, and, you know, one of them I know with our membership is conditional payments and the over inclusivity uh, of conditional payments that are unrelated to uh, the injury. Um, and, and that's something they realize and, you know, they've indicated that they're working on. Um, and I have to say, I, I, it's certainly not gone. I've seen some improvement um, over the course of time that, you know, many years that I've been dealing with these, I, I, I've seen it worse uh, with uh, charges listed on conditional payment notices and demands. So um, I, I credit them with improving that. There's, there's still uh, ways to go with that when, uh, when it comes to conditional payments. But I think that's, that's certainly an area that, that we're looking at. Um, when it comes to Medicare set-asides, um, something that you know, I've discussed before and discussed with them uh, is $0 MSAs. And uh, th they're looking at a policy that may eliminate them from their review process. Uh, and we've worked up a, a draft as to how we would think that would be incorporated into the CMS WorkComp MSA reference guide. Um, so I know they're still uh, looking at that, um, but um, I'd expect something perhaps next year uh, along those lines. But you know, things like that, where in the past we would not have had any input, um, them reaching out to us and uh, inviting us to provide a a policy, draft policy document is something that uh, I, I'm, uh, I very much value uh, and, and 
being able to do that and doing that as an organization. You know, there's certainly other areas with MSAs that that we brought up that, you know, we're yet not yet at a meeting of the minds when it comes to things like acknowledgement of utilization reviews to exclude medical care and other things. But, you know, as I found, you know, all of these things take time, um, but having the ability to have these discussions with CMS um, is certainly, um, I think, get us to a point where, uh, you know, we reach um, some kind of win-wins with CMS where we can have um, something that benefits our members and also benefits uh, CMS. Um, John had brought up uh, the MARC Coalition and um, our joining them this year. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, a big step for us. It's a, a significant financial commitment. Membership is $25,000 uh, per year. Um, and uh, we're able to do this because of the support of our individual and corporate members. And uh, Mark adds, um, uh, you know, to our advocacy efforts, something that we don't have. Um, we don't have a lobbyist and you know, something that, um, you know, I've been involved in other lobbying efforts that, that uh, NAMSAP, NAM, SPN has done. And there kind of fits and starts. And, and really, if you're not going to have um, someone in D.C. that's going to be your regular lobbyist, it's hard to, to do that kind of an ad hoc basis. And um, I think we've decided as an organization that we'd rather join a group like this when it comes to lobbying efforts rather than doing things on our own. Um, you know, separate and apart from our relationship with CMS. So being able to do that uh, through Mark is a significant benefit um, to our members who couldn't afford that type of um, membership on their own. You know, we can collectively do that uh, as an organization. Um, and um, I'm looking, to, looking forward to good things ahead with that partnership. You know, beyond CMS, um, you know, Amber and, uh, you know, Kara Koba, who was uh, unable to be with us today, have also, um, you know, launched, very much uh, launched a successful conditional payment Section 111 reporting committee uh, that has um, then had meetings with CRC and BCRC. Uh, and that stems, again, from our relationship with CMS and allowing us to have such meetings uh, with them. Uh, so uh, that membership, um, communication, uh, you know, looking at the, the CMS partnership and um, beyond that, um, of course, our, our annual conference, um, you know, we've had two years of virtual, um, you know, I, I much rather be in person, but our virtual conferences have been uh, very successful. Um, I honestly said this, I thought was the, the best yet in terms of just the, the speakers, uh, the topics and content um, cover just a, a wide variety. And, and again, just having CMS, having the contractors there um, and having them available to talk about, you know, what they do, listen, not only what they do and, and what they've done over the past year and things they're looking you know, at doing over uh, the course of, of the coming year, but hearing from us and hearing from individual members and being able to, to talk with them. You know, we've had to do it virtually. The last time we were in Baltimore, 
uh, many of them were there. You know, we could you know sit down with uh, with Steve Forey or Jackie Sippa there at CMS and, and talk to them about um, uh, things that might come up in our individual cases or just better understanding of policy matters. So, um, uh, to, you know, credit to uh, Michelle Allen and uh, Amy Bilton, along with our AMS uh, management team and Crystal Carter and Julie Fusilier. Um, and their team there for just the incredible job at putting together uh, the conference. So uh, I'm much looking forward to getting back in person, but uh, the virtual conferences over the past two years have uh, been phenomenal. Um, and just to save the date, September 21st through the 23rd, uh, back at uh, the, um, uh, the hotel there in Baltimore will be our next annual conference. Uh, and I wanted to add, uh, again, a new thing for us this year was uh, our donation to Kids Chance, uh, which was uh, $3,400. Um, uh, thanks to our sponsors, we took a percentage of each sponsorship uh, to put that together and make that donation. That's going to be something that we're doing on a go forward basis. Um, just some other items I'm thinking of. Uh, this one actually popped up, uh, wasn't part of my objectives for the year, but uh, one of our members, Patrick Hindert of Independent Life um, had, when I had reached out to him, he had mentioned about working with a, uh, to get a partnership together with the National Structured Settlement Trade Association. Um, structured settlements obviously are, are part of uh, the Medicare set aside in, in many cases um, and part of the policy that CMS has in place for reviewing and approving Medicare set aside. So uh, I, you know, we've started that up. We've got some uh, MSPN members are, who are on that. They just had their first meeting um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's something we're going to foster in the coming year from not only looking at that from an advocacy standpoint, but just educating both organizations on Medicare uh, set-asides. Uh, and then, um, you know, finally, just looking at um, our uh, outgoing board and incoming board, uh, we've got um, uh, Kevin Puckett, uh, Tom Stanley and Kira Koba are stepping off the board. After having served uh, their terms, uh, Kira, of course, was uh, our last uh, past president. Um, but uh, as I've told them, uh, they may be getting off the board, but they're not getting away from the organization. Which <laughs> they're certainly all uh, committed to. Tom continues to be co-chair of the liability committee. Kira, of course, is um, co-chair of the conditional payment section 111 committee. And we've also asked her um, to we've submitted her name for a board position uh, on Mark and uh, Kevin is, uh, of course, continuing to uh, support the organization um, significantly through corporate partnership and our annual conference. Uh, and then we've got a uh, couple new board members coming on, uh, Annie Davidson from ExamWorks and Nancy Harpel from, from Chesapeake uh, Employers. Uh, mutual. It will be great for them uh, to join the board. And uh, uh, Amber has uh, stepped up to join the executive committee 
as a treasurer. So we'll be happy to have her on as executive committee. So uh, I think I covered a lot there, um, but uh, if you have any more uh, questions on what we've done over the past year, but uh, just a, a thank you uh, to the board and into, to the membership for uh, the uh, honor of serving as your president over the past uh, year. It, um, uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of work, but it's been rewarding work. And uh, I look forward to, um, to uh, actually another three years. And thanks for the membership as well for uh, not throwing me out and reelecting me for another <laughs> three years on the board. So I look forward to that as well. Well, congratulations on your reelection, Dan. And Thanks. Um, a big thank you uh, from all of us here at MSPN. It's been quite the year and um, we appreciate all of your hard work and all the time you've taken um, to lead this organization in, in a great direction. So thanks for setting aside some time for us uh, to talk to us today, Dan. Certainly. Um, Want to thank John Kane as well. And thank you to our audience for setting aside some time to listen to our MSPN podcast. Our next episode is set to drop January 18th, where host Bridget Smith and guests will review Mark 2022 objectives. Hope you can join us then. Happy New Year to all of our listeners and from all of us here at MSP Network. 